Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 77. We have back by popular demand, Rod Anir from DBCA. Welcome, Rod. G'day. Yeah, I'm not sure how popular, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, I don't think DBCA is too popular around Perth, but I'm sure as we get into the winter and the, the burn-offs lesson, <laughs> people will forgive you. Um, so we've got Rod back because Rod is a keen cyclist, mountain biker, bike packer, um, extraordinaire. So we're going to talk about the next section of the Mundabidi that we have on the calendar, which is Jarrah Wood to Manjimup. Hmm. So this is one you just cycled on the weekend on as a refresher. Yeah, so it wasn't meant to be a refresher. I um, I was planning to go down from uh, on the weekend that I was going to go, and then I scheduled it for this weekend, and then I went, oh, that's the section we're talking about. How perfect. Perfect. And when was the last time you cycled this section, Rod? Uh, it was October last year. Yep. yep. So, yeah, we did a, a trip Jarradale to Pemberton. We picked up with my wife, Sharon. So it was great. I love this this part of the trail. Yeah. Often on uh, Rod's Instagram, it's always around this area, around Nanup on the, the Mundabidi. So, I mean, we've already talked about Jarrawood and the Nalamia campsite in town. What are your thoughts on this particular campsite, Rod? Yeah, look, I think like most people, it's it kind of seems like a bit of an odd location for the campsite. Um, but you've got to go back to the context when the trail was built. And at the time, uh, the community there were really keen to have a campsite in town. And so that kind of pushed that over the line. Um, but yeah, it's a bit weird coming into Jarrowwood, and I think the distances in that part of the trail often see people maybe stop there for lunch or for a snack and break and move on. Uh, and of course, you've got the great little town uh, house in town there in Jarrowwood, which um, the community house which people often stay in. So yeah, I'm not sure how many people overnight there. I know because it's advertised as you come in, and it's like twenty dollars a night. So yeah, it's pretty cheap. If you look at the campsite, you kind of. Well, twenty dollars probably worth it. <laughs> yeah, and you get a shower, and yeah, but yeah, look, it's a, it's a, the same as all the other uh, campsites. The shelter's beautiful. Um, it's just a different setting, and I guess you know, it kind of if if you've done lots of the rest of the trail, you maybe think, oh, that's a bit different. But if you're kind of new to it, that's just another part of the trail. Mm-hmm. And the first section leading out of Jarrowwood. Um, if you're just stopping in for lunch, it's great because it's all downhill into Nanop, so you can uh, enjoy the rest of your day and all on fantastic single rail trail, or for most of it anyway. Mm, yeah, probably one of the the best quality, like entire, from the start of your day to the end of the day. If you're saying from you know from Jarrowwood to Nanop, that's just like an outstanding section of the track, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, it's um, you can just put your head down and go there if you want to. Um, but yeah, of course, being a, an old railway line, um, it's had the sleepers pulled out and smoothed out, so you got a good grade the whole way. Um, it's surprising along there, though, the amount of wildlife there is. Every time I've gone along there, there's big monitors, always heaps of ruse. Last time we saw a carpet python along there. Um, so yeah, there's always always been wildlife along that section, so it's that's kind of nice too. Because mm-hmm. this was day two for us of a, a weekend trip. I mean, even though it is downhill and fairly easy, we stopped a lot to take photos and the different old rail bridges that are no longer in use. Yeah. There's just lots to see along 
what is an old railway line. Yeah, because, I mean, if you look at it on the map, it's pretty straight, and you might think it's boring, but it's actually got a lot of things to see. Um, particularly that, that particular bit that goes over the, the creek and it, when it gets flooded and you mm. have like all the trees and the, you know, coming out of the water and that property just, um, off to the right. It's a really nice spot. Mm. Yeah. That's no, a good bit of trail. And, um, like you say, all downhill, which is good. And I think every time I've done it, I've started in Donnybrook. So it's been kind of that second half of the day and mm. nice to have a cruisy downhill into town. Mm. Although there is a tiny bit of very gradual uphill and you don't really notice it until, you know, maybe you're about a few k's and you go, oh, actually, it is slightly uphill, but it doesn't last very long. No, 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 it's a good, good trail, good bit of trail. Mm. And a bit of railway history as well is Cambrai sidings, there's some information boards and is it Barabuck Pool that's not too far away as well as a yeah. side trip? Yeah, well, you've got, um, you can always pair it up with the uh, old Timberline Trail and... I think this part of the uh, Mundabiti also doubles as the Sidings Rail Trail. So you've got that out and back loop that I think you were talking about earlier, Donovan, mm. which you can do, which is pretty nice as well. I noticed on the Timberline Trail that there are markers for the Mundabiti on that as well as on the other one, even though the Mundabiti officially goes straight down the, um, the Sidings Trail. Do you know what the reason for that is? Uh, look, I'd only be guessing, and my guess would be that at one point there'd been uh, diversion, and mm. the markers from the diversion have never been <laughs> right. So thanks, there's another thing to do tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there is a section of the trail that I can see where, um, where the Timberline joins on to the Sidings Trail, and the section south of there looks like it's been very heavily burnt in the last few years, so that's probably yeah, yeah that'd be a my good guess. guess. Yeah, and and look, I guess on that you do get that a little bit all the way along the trail where there's been diversions or um, there's a planned diversion, and often there's the reason for the plan for the diversion might be for a, a, a burn off for a fire might be for some bridge work or, or any number of other things. And the guys often go in and put the diversions in ready so the day that it's going to happen, it's easy to make the transition. Mm. So sometimes if you get a bit confused, if there's markers that you see and you go, hang on, what are they there for? It may be um, a diversion to come or it may have been a previous diversion. That shouldn't happen. They should come out straight away, but... Mm. Sometimes they don't. <laughs> and the ride approaching that up is actually quite pretty with all the farmland as you come in and then crossing over the, the bridge and you get to see the different flood levels, which always amazes me at the 1982 level. Yeah. Yeah. Twice as much. And Nanup is a track town. Um, as we spoke off air about this, they're really embracing cycling. It's already a fairly popular spot for both road cyclists and um, touring cyclists. Yeah, look, Nanup uh, have done a great job in, in being really clear about what they want to be, I think. And I think you've got um, some people who live in the town, uh, people who promote events um, and businesses who've moved to town who see that as the future um, or part of the future anyway of Nanup. So, yeah, I think we'll see some exciting things. There's a, a, a kind of a movement um, between a few of those towns in the Blackwood Valley to create a marketing entity called the Blackwood Bike Park. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, I think they may have something on social media, but they're kind of looking at a, 
marketing a whole area as a place to come ride your bike, whether it's on-road, off-road, mountain bike, mundabitty, gravel, whatever. Because, mm. yeah, advantage of that area is it's very, very hilly and also pretty. So, yeah, cyclist dream. Yeah, and one of the really good things about it for the on-road or even the gravel stuff is there's not lots of other traffic. So you've got some pretty good roads there where you're not going to encounter lots of other traffic. So if uh, just your casual cyclist or for the events, it's much, much easier to organise. So, yeah, look, I think it's got some good things. And, of course, there's a stack of mountain bike trails being put in um, tank seven i think it is out in the pines at the moment so yeah that'll happen in the next i'll I'll open up in the next couple of months i have to say it's a town that i hadn't really visited much before last year and cycling through here this was sort of i think one of the real nice surprises of the trail because it's not on the main you know route one down the middle so you don't see it as often and you have to actually go there to go to it and it's actually a particularly lovely town um, with a lot of potential and a lot of realized potential as well. I feel like the people are getting behind making it a very great tourist town. Yeah, look, it's got uh, lots of character. Mm. Um, like a lot of these small timber towns, you know, it's had a pretty hard time transitioning from timber milling um, to something else. There's always been some farming there, but you're pretty much... Um, a lot of it's surrounded by bush uh, and all the big pine plantations. So you've still got that pine timber industry, but the native forest timber industry kind of, you know, tailed off a lot. And so, you know, the town had to change and it's it's chosen um, for part of that transition to be a tourism town. Mm. And yeah, some lovely old buildings and they have a lot of events. So, yeah, it's, it's a good little town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it's always it's halfway between my parents' place and Pemberton, and it's the route I always take. And I try and stop in, but recently I've made a real effort because I just enjoy Nanup quite a lot. And the tiny tea shop is fantastic. The lady who runs it is just really passionate about her tea, and I've now switched to ordering online from her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think she tried to not without without saying it specifically offer a list of job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think it's um, it, it is like a lot of small towns where there's a whole mix of people at different stages in that transition, and and so you get a bit of a patchy kind of experience sometimes. Like most people are right onto it. You're here visiting my town. I want you to have a great experience. Versus, I always shut my shop at twelve o'clock. Therefore, I'm mm. shutting my shop at twelve o'clock sometimes. Mm. So, yeah, look, I think they'll go through that transition. I know there's a uh, a new craft beer place about to open there as yes. well and there's the yeah. pizza joint that's open so yeah it's got great things going for it mm. and the uh, a cycling cafe as well which you don't normally see in the southwest yeah so what's it called Mellow Mellow yeah yeah so th- and that's used as the base for seven uh, gravel race which is on next weekend really good event they've got nearly a thousand competitors this year so it's mm. going to be a pretty big event and they build that as Australia's premier gravel cycling uh, event. So they've got some pretty big names racing it, all sorts of you know road, mountain bike, whatever. So yeah, good good spot. Yeah, one of those names is Rod and Neil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except I'm not one of the good riders. I'm I'm one of the ones that collapses over the line just before the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, the Lantern Rouge. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> 
Um, so leaving that up, I mean, Rod, you've already spoken about some of the great riding roads that are around this area, and unfortunately, this is the start of a, a very long stretch comparatively of road riding on the Mundabidi. Yeah, it's about, it's about 15 k's to start the day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a bad bit of road though. So mm. I, I actually really quite like um, the what's it, East Nanup Road, I think, that you head out on, um, and you start, you hit the first bit of carry forest so you, in between the farmlands you get a couple of pockets of carry and some beautiful gullies with water usually running whichever mm. time of year it is but winter and springtime is quite magnificent but yeah, it's a bit challenging hills um so you don't want to eat too much uh don't all, eat all the chips in the parmesan <laughs> the night before or, or if you do you're gonna burn them off anyway as you head up the hill before you hit gold gully road yeah so I did this uh, on Saturday, and it was the first time doing it on an e-bike. And it's so first of all, it was a bit easier, but also because I'm trying to manage battery, I was doing it on eco, and I realized just how much battery was being chewed through that section because it doesn't feel that bad, but it is a lot of hills through there yeah. and a lot of up that is sort of slow and continuous. Yeah, well, you've kind of come down, as you say, on that rail trail all the way down the valley right to the river, and then you've got to climb all the way back out again. So, yeah, it's pretty much a lot of climbing until you hit, as I say, Gold Gully Road. It's oh, there's a nice downhill just before there, but, yeah. But, yeah, I, if you... If you've got the right mindset, I think with hills, you just kind of got to enjoy it. You've got to embrace it and mm. go, okay, this is okay. And there's always a downhill for every uphill. So, mm. yeah, I quite like that bit of trail. Yeah. And the farmland's pretty idyllic. Oh, yeah. I, and I think I've probably come across, you know, three cars. I've done it four or five times, I reckon, that section. And, yeah, mm. there's, there's hardly ever any traffic. And you mentioned pockets of carry, but then when you get to Gold Gully Road, that's when the, the real carry forest hits and you start feeling like you're in the, the Donnelly region. Mm. Is that a very significant moment for both of you riding that? Yeah, because I think that that's the character that you get now from basically all the way to there to Manjumup is mostly that kind of scenery, and it's just lovely. Yeah, yeah, for me too. I mean, that's kind of... In my work life, I've spent an awful lot of time in the Cary Forest, so that's kind of a bit of a homecoming for me in the Cary. And, um, you know, Cary Forest is pretty gorgeous any time. Um, so it's, and it's cooler. You know, there's a bit of a different climate once you're in those big trees. As the canopy kind of covers over you, and even if it's warmer, um, you've got some shade. So, yeah, it's good once you hit there, big trees. And like you say, Donovan, big trees for a long way to come. <laughs> Yep. And then on to Willow Springs Campsite, which is a car camping spot along there. And they've also just installed a equine campsite um, for the Warren Blackwood Trail, which in the trails community, I suppose, if you don't ride a horse, there's really not been much fanfare about that one at all. But they've got a little stable area for your horses and toilets mm. and undercover area. So it yeah. seems like a nice area. Yeah, well, that's kind of a second coming for the horses there at Willow Springs. I remember when I worked in Pemberton, uh, probably would have been 20 years ago, we um, put in a, a yard there for horses and there was a bit of a horse trail that went from there to uh, Donnelly River. Um, but it was, it was, you know, it was used, but not lots of use, locals. But, yeah, the Warren Blackwood um, stock route has, um, I think... I'm not sure that it's open at the moment. I still think there's some work they're doing, before, but some of the marking and some of the facilities, as you say, are mm. already in. Mm. 
Because you've often talked about riding that because <laughs> it looks like if, a nice route. If you could not, you know, I, I don't want to piss the horse people off either because, you know, they don't have a lot of trails themselves, but it does look really nice um, and it would be nice to ride if, you know, if it didn't ruffle too many feathers. Yeah, look, I don't know the route well enough, but I, I, I think a lot of it is on open public roads. Yeah, I think um, so. So I think they're sharing it already. Mm. And then from here into Donnelly River, what's the, the scenery like? Is it, because, I mean, you didn't really enjoy it going on the bib. You found it a bit convoluted. Is it the same on the Mundabidi? Well, um, because everything's so much faster, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's, it's, and also through here, there's just some exceptional single track. Um, really surprising because you get, you get off from the, you know, from Willow Springs, you go into the forest and then it's, you know, a very large um, section of this is single track and it's quite technical in some spots and really nice yeah so yeah you follow a great little stream along for a long way one of the project managers nick um who is uh, still works for us up in the midwest now um was responsible for that bit of trail and it is a lovely bit of trail you get a lot of sticks though oh yeah <laughs> uh, so uh, the whoever's responsible whoever whichever volunteer is responsible for that section thank you because I'm sure you have your work cut out for you. But it's a really nice section through there. Mm. I noticed it just how much it was up and down this time. I, I didn't really pay attention to it, but because I'm constantly thinking about the battery now, I noticed how much of it was up and yeah. then down and up and down, up and down, um, because I was watching the estimator just change <laughs> drastically in, in how much battery I had left. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't have to worry about that. I just have to worry about how much of my legs is left. Until <laughs> I get, I'm saving some for the hill yeah. after Donnelly. But, yeah, it's it's a good section of trail. And as you say, it's a bit up and down, a bit twisty and turny. And I guess that's kind of a nice contrast to that first bit of road that you're Definitely. on. So you kind of spend that bit of time in nice open country and then you're in very enclosed, like riding through a little tunnel. And it's, you know, uh, that's what I really like about the Mundabidi is just so so much variety mm. and, um, yeah, you're not doing the same thing all day. Mm. I think you said this on Facebook in a, to someone as a comment about, you know, you wouldn't want it to be single track all the way or roads all the way. And it's actually nice getting that mix because yeah. the roads, you, it's not as, en you know, you don't get drained of energy uh, physically on those roads but then some of these uh, technical sections can be yeah. a lot more draining but they're more interesting yeah and and often when i speak to mountain bikers they sort of say oh you know mundabidi there should be more single track and if you're used to riding single track with maybe just your camelback on mm. then you'd go yeah that'd be great mm. but when you've got a loaded bike um and you're riding 60ks or 40ks or 80ks or whatever um, having fun on the single track is not the first thing that comes to mind and it's <laughs> yeah. not all that fun anyway it's because your bike doesn't handle the same mm. um, and yeah you, you kind of I, I am anyway often you want to kind of look after your gear you don't want to really be hitting big jumps or mm. you know, mm. breaking your pannier rack in your first part of your day or something so it's nice to have the single track but it's not really what the experience you're looking for on the Mundabidi. Yeah. Not for me, anyway. Mm. And sometimes, like it has the opportunity to become very overgrown, and if it's wet, that's not something you want <laughs> first thing yeah. in the morning. Yeah, well, I was in Margaret River last week, and Waterbush lived up to its name down there. <laughs> a couple of sections of trail. Yeah. Um, so Donnelly River, it always gets a glowing review from most trail users coming in on the Bib and the Mundabidi. 
am I right in saying that it uses the same camping facilities as the Billman, those kind of little huts in the centre of town? Well, it doesn't officially have a sign on it that says it is the way the Bibbleman does, but, I mean, it's for everyone. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so there's a bit of everything there. I mean, there's the bunkhouse, and then they've got um, oh, the little sh- how- the houses, but there's also, I'm not sure what they call them in the... They're like little apartments. Yeah, they've got they've a strange got. name for it. There's two rooms that are like that, that are yeah. part of that big, massive yeah. uh, hall area. Yeah, so I, I've stayed in, I think, all those different accommodation types when I've stopped there. And, yeah, they're all good. Um, it's nice to... Oh, it's beautiful if you've been camping for a while to come in and have a shower. and mm. Yeah, and the coffee's always good there and the carrot cake's always awesome. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, and the wildlife. You know, people always rave about the wildlife. If you're kind of new to Australia, um, then you see the international visitors just lap it up with the kangaroos and emus wanting to come out and steal your hamburger or whatever out of your hand out the front of the shop. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they're not shy, and yeah, it's one of those things that like you—that's what you expect when you come to Australia. But <laughs> it's really only in Donnelly River. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, just emus walking around the streets. We uh, we met uh, a Bibbleman track hiker who was from the US and she had done the Appalachian Trail yep. and she came to do the, the Bibbleman track afterwards and she said that, that was one of her favourite memories of the whole trail. Every time I share a photo of Donnelly River, she's like, oh, <laughs> Donnelly River, I love that place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and look, it's um, it's got a lovely feeling about it as well. The history's told pretty well there now. There's some new signs uh, the last time I was there that had been put up around town telling a little bit about the history of the mill and the people who lived there. So that was nice too. Nice to see. Mm. And also the King Carry is there, because I think in a previous episode Uh, I mentioned collecting the four or five kings. Yes. And you can collect a King Carry just before you reach Donnelly River. Yes. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. I did have it in my notes. (laughs) Small detour uphill. Yeah. Um, So leaving Donnelly River... um, it kind of follows vehicle tracks towards kind of Yanmar Brook area and where the Billman kind of goes as well. Um, I have, when I was walking the Billman, I saw evidence of Mundabidi riders using that because it okay. looks like more interesting single trail than probably what they get. Yeah, there's a couple of bits there where it's easy to take the wrong turn as well. So there's a bit where the two share a vehicle track and then one turns off to the left and I think the bib track keeps going straight ahead and I know um, I've gone barreling along there for a couple of hundred metres before I've realised I'm on the wrong track so it wouldn't surprise me if that's happened to people but yeah you kind of up and down in and out a little bit of different tracks again it's kind of it's quite nice in through there there's a couple of big creeks, big creek crossings as well before you get to One Tree Bridge. So when I went through, they're putting in a gauging station, I think, as part of the, the Donnelly oh, River yes. thing, you know. Um, and so the trail, when I did it last year along the river, I think it was like it's an old rail trail that goes along Yanmar Creek. Okay. And that's now been bulldozed and widened. Um, and it used to reach sort of like a dead end. And then the Mundabidi just very steeply rises oh, up. I know that spot. Yeah, because yeah, it's a surprise. You're like, oh, <laughs> that was pretty steep. And it, at that spot now, it continues on along the, the creek, and it didn't when I did it last year. Uh, okay, it. well, if it takes that very steep bit out, I'm happy with that. No, it doesn't take the steep bit oh, out, damn. unfortunately. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was still damned the Donnelly, which is not a good thing. Mm. So then you've got kind of old old rail trail off to One Tree Bridge, 
and that's another kind of significant moment because you get that high bit of above the Donnelly, don't you? Yeah. So all that single track that's that's getting to One Tree Bridge is just awesome. Yeah. Um, I I said to to Mark and a few other friends when I came off the track on Saturday, I said it wasn't as good as I remembered it. It was better because <laughs> <laughs> this bit was just so awesome. Oh, that's good. Um, absolutely loved it. And also there was um, leading up to One Tree Bridge, there was an area that had been prescribed burnt. Uh, I think it last year or the yeah. year before, yeah. and it's looking a lot better now. Okay. I mean, I think the good thing about Carrie is it recovers fairly quickly. Yeah, I think the conditions um, in Carrie Forest can be a bit kinder too. The window sometimes is a um, it can be tricky, but um, you know, there's a lot more moisture around for for longer. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it was yeah a couple of years ago. Mm. There would have probably been a lot of fungi around last weekend. Yes, I, I there was. When I was away week last week, it was just everywhere all of a sudden after that bit of rain. Yeah. And that's amazing in the Cary Forest. There's just such variety. Yeah, I think that, that that was one of the things that made it that bit more special was just um, the amount of fungi through there. And because it's been quite wet as well, just a lot of them just coming up yeah. along the trail. Yeah, that's it was awesome. awesome. Yeah. I know the answer for you, Don, but Rod, do you actually stop and take a closer look at the, the fungi or the wildflowers in your riding? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I spent 20 years as a ranger and a lot of that time, a big part of my role was nature conservation. Um, and really, that's still how I view my job. Um, that part, you know, what I, what I kind of get up in the morning for is to turn more people on to spending time out in the bush, trying to create connections that make them care about those places. And yeah, it's all about being out there and finding out what's there and looking at all the stuff that's flowering and all the fungi that's out and mm -hmm. traces of whatever animals have been around. So yeah, I spend a lot of time stopping and taking photos and just checking stuff out. Mm. I did stop. <laughs> I did stop to have yeah. a look. Yeah. Well, I thought with your new e-bike, you would be too concerned about range to actually stop, and you, you're not one to <laughs> admire the details usually. Uh, the so the ones that were a bit more unusual, I did stop because if I've seen them, you know, there's heaps that you see every every winter that are fairly ordinary, but you always see something that's really strange and bizarre. And I saw a few that I stopped to have a look at. Magic, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also, I will say crucially. I knew that I would get into Mandrum up with enough battery because it's only 80s, 4Ks or something. Okay. <laughs> um, so One Tree Bridge, it used to be an old timber bridge. It's now been replaced, um, but the remnants of one side are still there. And mm. this is where you cross the Donnelly onto the other side and up a, a not a big hill to start with, but you see where the billman goes and <laughs> you kind of get a bit sad. <laughs> yeah, it seems a bit cruel that that little hill that you go up first. Um, do you know why that is? Uh, I'm not really sure, but it's probably because the bit of track that the billman takes, they don't want to share that with, with the walkers. But yeah, I'm not sure why you have to go up that first steep bit. Yeah, because immediately you're down again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a... There's, there's a lot of those, though, on the Mundabitty where you go, why did that happen? <laughs> and there's a few of them now where I go, I'm not doing that. I'm going that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we had a friend who did it, um, and he found, I think he picked the wrong time of year. He did it in March, and he gave up because there was too many of those, and the pea gravel just killed him in the hills. Yeah, yeah, well, pea gravel in March is never going to be good. Mm. But, yeah, look, sometimes um, a lot of the route planning was about keeping people off 
uh, roads as much as possible. Mm. And so you come sometimes have these bits where you're, you're going along a perfectly good road and you duck off into the bush and you do a route for three or four or five k's and then you come back out two k's along the road that you're on. Mm. And some of those, if I've ridden it once, I go, okay, I've done that bit. I'm not going to ride that <laughs> next yeah. time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you do join back with the Billman along the Donglin. and it always just has like an air of the Shire to me. It's like a little <laughs> road along a river, the noise and the trees and the carry forest through there. It's just very idyllic. Yeah. But then you hit that just cruel hill mm. going up to the campsite. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean about that um, that valley there. And I think it's the Casuarina really softens the whole feel of it as well. So mm. the, you've got you know the Casuarina needles, which give it a, a kind of different quality. But yeah, the the Carterburner Hill or the Mini Alp Duez of the <laughs> Mundabidi Trail. Yep. The land of many switchbacks. We should actually come up with our, our own little slogan for that. I'm not sure how many switchbacks there are, but there's an awful lot. Yeah. I'm sure someone's given it a funny Strava name. <laughs> and it's, it's the thing that I always think is the killer is you get that switchback and then you go up along the vehicle track and then there's more switchbacks. You think, oh, I'm done. Yeah. No. No, they never seem to end. In fact, I think I had my worst um, mishap on the Mundabidi um, going up there one time. You know, you, you don't get any speed up, but somehow I managed to put a stick through a spoke and snap a spoke mm. and then had to ride up with a wobbly wheel all the way, which was not a lot of fun. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, it's good, good test, I suppose, and gets you to a lovely campsite. Mm. And you, mean, you mentioned there was excellent carry forest you compared to Boron up there. There's this great bit along the second lot of ascending after you pass the uh, spotted gums. And um, I just sort of turned around and I saw all the carry forest. And it was just because of how steep the slope is, it just looks outstanding. So that was a really nice just bit of pocket of forest there. Mm. Yeah. And then the campsite is actually, it's in Forester's Wood which I believe is an old testing bed for forestry use. Is that right? Look, I don't know all the history of Forester's Wood, but as I know when I was in um, in Pemberton, there was a bunch of really committed um, foresters who were keen to develop that area and see it protected. Um, and so I'm, I think the land use previously, you know, it must have been an old farm or something, and so it was it was added and, and protected as as part of the surrounding um, reserve or state forest system there um, but yeah great to have the campsite perched up on top of the hill there mm. it's a really nice spot the climb's almost worth it <laughs> yeah I think it, I referred to it as being the blackwood of the Mundabidi in terms mm. of the way it is in the valley and doing it this time both um, you know, the climb was easy because I was on an e-bike. But then when I got there, the view was outstanding because the autumn leaves uh, in the cool. valley just uh, looked so much better than when I did it in September or, or August that I did it last time. Mm. Yeah, really awesome. Um, I would love to camp there, but the problem is I feel, this, as you said about spacing, it yeah. just feels like why not just go to Manjimup? Yeah, and that's been my experience too. So usually I've done the kind of Don, Donnelly meal to to Manjimup. Carterburn is a nice lunch stop or mm. afternoon tea or morning tea or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it, but lots of people do camp there. Mm. Um, everyone has a different 
itinerary and sometimes you know people are doing crazy number of kilometers and it fits in perfectly with whatever crazy itinerary they're running <laughs> yeah. yeah planning mine at the moment i'm fiddling around with this section but i think i'm going to skip this campsite and go straight into manjum up yeah extra 20ks are just too enticing yeah 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 you don't want to underestimate that last 20ks though into town it's um while it kind of looks easy there's a few hills and there's some beautiful forest to to come through on the way into town mm. um but yeah it's kind of at the end of a longish day well longish for me anyway um you can be a bit um bit wearing once you get to dean mill you're pretty happy mm. so that brings us on to the final kind of leg of this uh this map and that is on to manjimup um so I believe there's a bit of cleared plantation when you first did it. Is it still the case? Have they replanted yet? They have put blue gums in and they've grown fairly quickly. Mm, um, that's good. You know, it doesn't look like if you, I mean, you saw the photo, it was cleared completely when I was there in September or August last year. Yeah. And it looks like it has grown pretty quickly. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You know, beautiful soil and re- very reliable rainfall all through that country. So, yeah. Stuff's going to grow very fast, whatever this planted through there. Mm. But you got some really um, beautiful old railway formations that you follow on this section. A mm. um, few up and downs, as I said. There's a couple of fantastic um, descents through big forest mm. uh, before you jump onto those railway lines. And every time I've been on this section, there's uh, those rail lines or old formations follow up creek lines. Uh, it's a good, reliable place to see tiger snakes. So if you like those or if you don't, <laughs> look out for them. There's a couple of spots where you can almost be guaranteed of seeing them. And this one between this hut and Manjumup, yep. um, I think I've seen one every time. I'll be on the lookout. <laughs> I'm hoping they're still sleeping in August. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Although that's the worst time to see them if you do see them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll no, probably like run them. them over. <laughs> You actually said there was some lovely Jarrah forest through here. Yeah, there's some nice Jarrah forest through here. Yeah, yeah not too burnt, you know, it looks acceptable. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you head into a watercorp area where the forest is allowed to grow and the kind of single track, very yeah. nice riding. Well, so before that, um, there's this, this turn off at Dentata Road. And when I did it the first time, I took the, the turn off as it, you're supposed to. And then you, you dip down at like a, a, what's probably like a small stream, and then you immediately turn left. And I didn't do that. I missed it the first time. So this time I was like, I'm going to keep an eye out and not miss this turn off. And riding that section was awesome. Like that whole section through there, just the forest is really beautiful. Um, and I was really sad to have missed it the first time, but glad to not yeah. miss it this time. Mm. Yeah, I think that part is uh, an old tramway. An oh, old, okay. Yeah, or rail, probably timber tramway or railway. Mm. Yeah, but that is a great section through there. Mm. And, yeah, nice nice climbing or, you know, the riding's not too hard. It's mm. quite pretty. Yeah. And you reach Dean Mill, which is sort of like Jarrowwood, except people still live and work there. Yeah. Um, and then you follow the Dean Mill Heritage Trail all the way into town. Hmm. The nice finish to the day. Yeah, I mean Dean Mill is probably a bit more vibrant than Jarrowwood, I'd reckon. Um, you know, the the mill there was big, big timber mill operating until fairly recently. 
Mm. Um, and there's still, uh, as you say, a pretty large number of people who live there. Very passionately supported football club. Oh, Daniel, yeah. Uh, home of John Todd. And, yeah, then, then the uh, rail trail into Manjimup is yeah, nice and easy. And, mm. yeah, you can just hoot along there. Another good place for tiger snakes, though, because you've got some swampy <laughs> land yeah. all the way along that section, haven't you? Yeah. That whole section, it's so easy that I was exceeding the speed limiter on the e-bike the whole way. It was just all on my own right. steam because it was so easy. Yeah. And you've got the highlight of, I think it's the... Um, is it the Croatian club? Yeah, it's just like yeah. this really cool building randomly yeah. on the, yeah, on the it track. Looks kind of vaguely um, East German, kind of brutalist <laughs> yes. type architecture out in the middle of nowhere. So it's yeah. kind of a nice spot to take a photo there. Look out for that one. And Manjimup is a track town. It's obviously one of the bigger ones on the track. Mm. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on the town? I, I really like Manjimup. I think it's actually getting, like, from what it was five years ago, I think it's really improved. Like, we, we noticed that that whole area has become, you know, there's, first of all, there's a lot more visitors recently, I think maybe because of post-COVID, but also that the, the towns have sort of risen to the challenge. So there's a lot more stores, you know, there's good restaurants and things like that in town to kind of make people want to come back and visit. Um, so Alyssa, the other day came to, you know, she went to pick me up and she went to a lot of the stores in town and had a really good time there. Um, Tall Timbers is a really yeah, good place awesome, there. Awesome place. You know, they're, they're, they're guys there. I mean, you, you'd you never know that's the old chainsaw, Manjimup chainsaw shop. Oh, really? <laughs> which um, they turned into a magnificent restaurant and bar and... Yeah, that's always a highlight for me to head for there. But there, as you say, there's other good restaurants in town. And I think probably over the last 10 years, Manji's really lifted its game. And, mm. and yeah, the, the nature of the town has changed. Um, I think that whole region has got a lot more focus on their agriculture and their southern food, uh, southern forests, uh, produce kind of brand. And that's kind of really come forward as Timber's kind of dropped away as their mainstay for a lot of employment. Um, so, yeah, really ch big changes. You know, truffles are huge there now. Cherries have always been pretty big, but lots of other good fruit and veg grown in that area. And it's great in the restaurants. They've all got good fresh stuff. The mm. Stores are good. Yeah, very friendly place too, I found. Manjimup. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I used to feel that Manjimup was a town you'd drive through to go to Pemberton, but now... I actually yeah. want to go to Manjimup. <laughs> so it's really, that's a big They'll change. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I'd love to hear that because I think they have put a lot of effort into, yeah, to, to change the town, the, the all the townscaping that was done on the main street through where the highway goes. And, you know, that's, they've really lifted the, the whole place. Mm -hmm. Some I think it's Southern Coffee Roasters for coffee, tip Excellent. top. Yeah. yeah. Good old take note of that and there's what did they build on the i think it's the north side of town is it a new playground or is it a new museum 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 yeah yeah well, i was quite impressed last time i was there seeing that yeah it's kind of uh, I'm, I'm not i don't know the whole story but um somehow they ended up with the electricity museum um i thought that might have gone to collie but anyway it's in manjimup <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's supposed to be great i haven't gone in and had a look but um 
I've seen some photos of the place and the inside, and it looks really well done. Mm. Isn't the visitor centre moved to? Yeah, there as well? I think the visitor centre's up there as well. It used to be the old uh, Manjimup Timber Park, which kind of told the whole story, and, and a lot of that's still there as well. Mm. Uh, and then the electricity museum's there. Mm. Mm. Maybe they'll give Collie the Carry Forest Museum or something. <laughs> 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 So, where, where do you guys rank this one in terms of the section-to-section or maps of the Mundabidi? Is this one of the better ones? Let's say right the... near the top. Yeah, it's it's up there. It's a really good section. Um, I'm probably biased about where my favourites are, but which are a bit further south. But um, mm. yeah, it's lots of variety. There's some really good quality trail. You know, you've got that as we talked about their entry into the Carry Forest, which is always pretty special. Mm. Um, some great towns and people who are really supporting um, people out on trails. So, yeah, mm. it's up there. It's good. I feel like this section of the track has probably some of the least compromised sections in that town to town or town to hut. I don't feel like there's a, as much obvious compromise as, say, you know, further up north, there's sections where there clearly is compromise, like near Lake Brockman. There's a huge compromise north of there. Um, and further south as well, like from North Cliff to Uricada, there's that just that long, just continuous road section that I feel sort of makes North Cliff to Walpole a bit less interesting than it could be. Um, whereas this section, there's no no day where I think, oh, this is terrible. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you, you're right. You know, there's there are places along or in the bush where there are compromises because you've got mining, water catchment, dieback, you know, mm. other constraints that you can't put a trail through. So here there's probably less of those um, and it does, yeah, allow you to show the full character of the place that you're riding through. But there's some interesting things to see. I mean, you know, the old mill at Donnelly is fantastic just mm. to look around at. Mm. So, yeah, good, good section, probably... In the upper echelons of the Mundabidi <laughs> rankings. What would be your favourite map section? Uh, definitely around Walpole. Yeah. Um, probably from... Although some people don't like that road heading, middle road heading north. Um, yeah, I reckon probably Walpole or just before Walpole out to that next hut I really like. Mm. Um, I kind of like the the section from Collie through to Donnybrook too because mm. where you come out off the scarp is, is pretty cool but yeah once anywhere in the in the um, carry or Tingle Forest I'm pretty happy um, the next section which you'll talk guys will talk about another time is pretty good too from uh, Manjum up down to Pemberton mm. most of that feels downhill as well I reckon mm. And while we've got you on, Rod, one of the things you like to do is rate the Parmigianas along the trail. Um, Can you give us some insight into the best Parmies on the trail? Okay. Well, for this section, for a start, um, the Nanup Parmigiana is pretty good. It's um, at the hotel. At the hotel, yeah. That's the only place you can get to get them. Okay. I think it's the only place in Nanup you're probably (laughs) going to get one. Um, So yeah, that's they're probably. I'd say in about the seven rating for the, you know, chips are pretty good. Palmy's not too bad. Um, the pub's good in itself. Uh, probably the best at the moment in the Parmigiana rankings is the um, Dwelling Up Hotel. Yeah. 
Uh, I think that's just for the all-round performance of the Parmigiana, but yep. you know, you got a proper chicken breast fillet, good chips, <laughs> nice sauce, not too much. That would explain yeah. it. I was there on Saturday, and we got there, and they said it was an hour wait for food, so yeah. it must be good Parmies. Yeah, well, there's some things to talk about there, maybe in the future, with just the success of Trail Towns. Um, yeah, I think the next five years are really, really exciting for Western Australia and trails. It's um, We've got a government that's really committed to investing. We've got towns and local governments and businesses that are excited. And we've got so many people wanting to do trails, you know, thanks to guys like you and all the other kind of vibe that's going on around trails. We're growing a great community. So, yeah, next five years is super exciting. Hmm. Actually, one question I did have for you. Um, being part of the visitor services department within DBCA, are you seeing kind of a reaction now to COVID and people spending more time within WA that would normally go elsewhere? Is there a reaction to small towns and trail communities to try to want to increase their, their offering in the next few years? Yeah, definitely there's a reaction. So there's a reaction in people wanting to travel um, in Western Australia because they can't go anywhere else. Um, but that is really patchy. So you can't apply a one-size-fits-all to this. Mm. Some places are so busy they just can't take any more and they kind of just want to rest. Other places are really still suffering. Um, so you see those places that rely on um, national international travellers, you know, locations like uh, the Pinnacles, Nambung, mm. you know, that's a, that's a kind of a one-time visit place often and they're probably 60% down. Somewhere like Calbarry before the cyclone hit was probably 60% up. You know, they've got some new features, the Skywalk. Um, you know, a place like Cape Range and Karajini are just, you know, they're off the dial. Um, same at somewhere like um, uh, William Bay, you know. There's kind of this whole phenomenon that we're getting into in Western Australia, which we haven't seen much of before, which is over tourism. And on a world scale, we're probably really only scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. But it's all the same drivers that you see everywhere around the world that, that bring that. And one of those things is, you know, the Instagram popularity of a place. It's mm. that one shot that people want to travel for, mm. um, which is kind of sad because, you know, they drive in, want to take the photo and drive out again mm. um, when there's so much more to see. So long way of saying, yeah, there's a lot more people getting out uh, into parks, um, I think we've had a 130% increase in park pass sales. Our campgrounds where you can book are pretty much full all the time uh, for most of them. Kimberley is one of those places that's suffering and has really suffered in the last year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what this season does. Um, mm. Probably a lot more people in Western Australia planning their trip up there. I hope they are. And mm. The one thing that's really suffered in in parks and in that whole kind of park tourism ecosystem is um, the tour operators. Um, You know, they rely on the national, international visitors to a large extent. So if you're out there and you're visiting the park, uh, the best thing you can do for local tourism, apart from, you know, spending your money in the shops and accommodation, is take a tour in your own backyard. You know, you'll probably learn something new. Mm. Um, And it's fantastic. The operators will love you for it. And you will learn something new, you know. Mm, definitely. We did one of the tours when they had those vouchers. We did the tour uh, to the Ziegler Up Dunes. Oh, yeah, and great with Graham. 
Yeah, and I've, I've never done it before because I've not trusted my car to survive the sand. <laughs> and it was definitely worth doing. You know, I definitely would recommend that to people because it yeah, was awesome. a fantastic experience and such a different, yeah. bizarrely different area. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's another whole... That's a fantastic place, the Jaeger mm. Dunes. And yeah, really quite amazing. It's kind of, it is like a different world there. Mm. And do you see kind of post-COVID, I mean, they're talking about 2022 as international travel, but that'll probably push out a little bit. Do you think the impact people seeing WA more often will last or do you think it'll kind of decline a little bit? Yeah, look, I think it's going to be long enough that some of the habits will stick and people will find some new favourite places. Um, but inevitably, people are going to want to do the things they used to do as well mm. and will probably want to travel. But that will be the same from people who want to travel to Western Australia as well. So mm. I think while some local people might want to go elsewhere, we're going to have a whole bunch of new people who are going to want to come to WA. And we're going to have some great things to show them mm. uh, and some awesome new trail offerings. Because yeah. I've been watching the um, the World Surf League event at Margaret River over the last couple of weeks, and like they've got the ads for Western Australia, but it's kind of sad because no one can really come and yeah. <laughs> see it. And the commentators and the surfers all rave about the area because of it's you got great surf, you got great trails. I love the forests, the towns, but yeah, it's kind of a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, well, I guess they've got to keep the profile up even when you can't visit. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of create that expectation and you know dreaming phase so i know the tourism marketers talk about that dreaming phase of where you're dreaming to go next is kind of pretty important so yeah i think there's just planting that little seed at the moment mm-hmm. one of the cool things is um that for you know what we're interested in in, in the trail space is that tourism wa are also now really interested so they've picked up that hey trails are a, a big thing for tourism so um, they're working on some specific tourism marketing for trails so that'll be great to see that roll out hopefully in the next year or so as well Mm -hmm. Uh, well thanks rod for coming in and sparing some time for us it's been a bit too long between drinks yes (laughs) always a pleasure anytime thank you thanks thank you everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of real trail talk then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help us to reach an audience, especially those who are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or contact us through our social media channels. Thanks again and stay tuned for our next episode.